0: Welcome to the Spiritual Awakenings podcast. I'm David Lorimer, co-editor of a new book, Spiritual Awakenings, Scientists and Academics Describe Their Experiences. It's published by the Academy for the Advancement of Post-Materialist Sciences and is available in paperback and Kindle editions. In this series of weekly podcasts, we'll be sharing the 57 original essays together with introductions and epilogue from my co-editor, Professor Marjorie Willicott. We hope you enjoy them. My Story by Kenneth Ring, read by Martin Redfern. It all began with two little purple pills, but they weren't Nexium. They were two LSD capsules, but I didn't know that then. I'd better back up and explain. In the early 1970s, just after I'd turned 35, I was a newly minted full professor of psychology with tenure at the University of Connecticut. I was disconcerted, not with my personal life, but with the field of social psychology in which I had been trained and hired to teach. I had recently published a critique of experimental social psychology, castigating it for the pursuit of merely clever and flashy research, of the can-you-top-this variety, which didn't make me many friends. In any event, I was suffering from a sort of early career crisis, having become disenchanted with the domain of psychology. In March of 1971, When my wife and I went off to the Berkshires to celebrate our anniversary I happened to pick up a book that my wife was then reading. Carlos Castaneda's first book, The Teachings of Don Juan. It looked intriguing, and after she had finished it, I read it. I was a typical Jewish professor, wedded to rational thought, committed to science, and atheistic in my world view. I had no interest in religion, and very little knowledge of mysticism. But I was open to new experiences, and what had particularly excited me about Castaneda's book was his discussion of what he called Seeing the Crack Between the Worlds, which he had apparently effected through the use of mescaline. At the time I had never considered using psychedelic drugs, and my only familiarity with anything close was having smoked marijuana a few times. But since I had never been a smoker, even that was difficult for me, and my experiences with it, though of the usual kind, did not have any particular impact on my life. Nevertheless, since there was a colleague in my department at the time, who I knew was familiar with psychedelics, I approached him to tell him about my interest to take mescaline and why. He had read Castaneda's book, and knew what I was after. I came to the point. Could he provide me with some mescaline? He could. By then it was early May. The semester was just about over. He told me not to read anything further on the subject, and just come to his apartment on the following Saturday. That day turned out to be a rare, beautiful, sun-splashed day, with everything beginning to bloom. My colleague lived at the edge of a forest. He suggested that I take the mescaline in his apartment, wait just a bit and listen to music, and then go outside into the nearby woods. And then he gave me two purple pills to ingest. I didn't know my colleague well, and as I was soon to find out, he was not only impish but embodied the trickster archetype. While he gave me to believe that I was taking mescaline, he had actually given me 300 micrograms of LSD. I will not bore you with an account of the next twelve hours. Suffice it to say that all the pillars of my previous ontological categories soon began to crumble into dust. I had the undeniable feeling I was seeing the world with pristine eyes as it really was for the first time. At the time and afterwards... I realised that this was the most important and most transformative experience of my life, and fifty years later I still feel the same way. Nothing could ever be the same. The one portion of the experience I will allude to here, because it eventually led me to the study of near-death experiences, took place when I was sitting on a log near a stream in the woods. I don't know how long I was there, But at some point, for a moment outside of time, I—except there was no I any longer—experienced an inrushing of the most intense and overwhelmingly rapturous love, and knew instantly that this was the real world, that the universe, if I can put it this way, was stitched in the fabric of this love, and that I was home. However, again, I have to repeat, there was only this energy of love— and I was an indissoluble part of it, not separate from it. I spent the next three years trying to come to terms with what had happened to me. I don't have the space here to continue to provide an account of my spiritual adventures, so to speak, and related professional pursuits over the next few years that eventually led me to the study of near-death experiences so let me just fast forward to the spring of 1976. I was sitting outside my house just after the spring semester had ended and was reading a little book that had come to my attention through a journal review by a new friend of mine. The book had been brought out by a small publisher in Georgia and was entitled Life After Life. Written by a psychiatrist named Raymond Moody, Jr., It was an anecdotal account of what Moody dubbed near-death experiences. I'm holding a copy of the book now, and I see all the excited marginal notes, exclamation points and underlinings that I made at the time. What I remember thinking was, this is it. I knew that I wanted to find a way to do research that would help me understand what had happened to me during my LSD trip and that my own spiritual explorations weren't sufficient for me. I had always enjoyed doing research, and needed to find a way to satisfy that need of mine. And from reading Moody's book I could see with increasing clarity that his near-death experiences had indeed encountered the same realm, and so much more, that had so shattered me. I could learn from them. They would be my teachers.' You see, I was never interested in death per se, much less with the question of life after death. What animated me and drew me to study near-death experiences was my desire to understand the state of consciousness and the transpersonal domains that I had begun to experience when I took LSD. Even then, of course, I could understand that NDEs were a kind of transpersonal experience in their own right, since according to moody's account of them they clearly transcended space time and ego thus researching ndes i immediately saw could marry my spiritual search with my work as a transpersonal psychologist this initiated a change in my career and i soon began to focus on this new exciting area of study over the next year I sought out 102 near-death survivors to begin my NDE research. My book, Life at Death, a Scientific Investigation of the Near-Death Experience, was the outcome of that research, and it was published in 1980. The next year, with Bruce Grayson and John Odette, I founded the International Association of Near-Death Studies, IANDS, and became its first president. I was also the founding editor of the Journal of Near-Death Studies. My colleagues and professional friends who became interested in NDEs now became and have remained my primary peer group. Thanks so much for downloading the Spiritual Awakenings podcast. Do join us for the next episode.